This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. This week I chat with Eric Nelson and we cover a little bit of everything from early inspirations to performing in 13, the musical, work ethic, transitioning into film and television, performing in 1883 and horse training and riding to get there, asking and putting himself out there and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Eric Nelson. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe and today with me on Zoom is Eric Nelson. Eric, thank you for joining me today. Clayton, happy to be here, brother. Thanks for having me. So much to talk about. Uh, performing in 1883, film, TV, Broadway, and producing. But before we get to any of that, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh, my gosh. You know, I did not grow up in an entertainment family. So it wasn't like we were getting our inspiration from our parents, um, which would have been nice because we would have had <laughs> all the connections in the world to look up and to utilize once we got into it, um, which I always joke about because my kids, if they want to do this, they will like have such a leg up from all the years of knowledge that my wife and I have gained. And I wish I could have had that growing up. Uh, but no, my 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 parents had nothing to do with the industry. It was it's interesting you asked that because my younger brother was also uh, been on Broadway multiple times. He's six years younger than I am. My first cousin Tess is currently on Broadway right now, and Once Upon a One More Time, and Glinda and Wicked, and have another cousin Reed who has also been on Broadway a bunch of times. And so this generation somehow got this acting bug, and we all from a young age were really into watching musicals and. Uh, my, that's one thing my mom really was, um, you know, amazing at was exposing us to the arts at a very, very early age. And so I think just through, you know, watching Sound of Music on repeat and Fiddler on the Roof on repeat and Thoroughly Modern Millie and all these great, you know, classic musicals, um, we just, it kind of bled in. And one day I was just like, I want to try that. And I actually started as a dancer. And that's what got me into acting uh, and singing. Um, but I started as a competition dancer in South Florida and the uh, dance studio offered acting classes. And the girls in my class were like, you've got to take it. You'd, you'd love it. You'd be great. And I started taking the acting classes and then started doing regional theater in Florida and then had a random opportunity to move to New York and hit the ground running and never left. Was there a defining moment for you where you were like, this is what I know I'll be doing for a living? <laughs> yes. I uh, well, so as a living, it didn't happen until after I finished 13 and I was now 17 years old and I realized, wow, this isn't just this really fun thing I get to do in front of people all the time. This is actually a profession that I make money and could potentially support myself for the rest of my life doing. That was that turning point. But up until that point and um, I started professional work, <clears throat> excuse me, professionally working when I was 13. And so between 13 and 17, it was literally just this really fun thing I got to do and had a blast and loved all the people I met. And um, it was just my my love and my passion. So I never viewed it as a job. And then I finished 13 and went to L.A. for the first time and was like, wow, OK, this is a job. <laughs> this is actually a career. And, you know, I'm I'm going to do this. And I'm, I'm that's pretty much when I made the decision to just go all in and you know, people were like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, I, I guess I'm, I'm an actor. I'm an entertainer. That's what I do. But that was the moment for sure. What did your parents teach you about work ethic? Oh my gosh. I mean, both of them were extremely hard workers and owned their own businesses. And, um, you know, so from the 
my first memory uh, is is hanging out in my mom's retirement facilities that she owned in South Florida. Um, so she was always, always working. Um, and so that, you know, initially instilled such a such a drive and, and, you know, just motivation for me as a wow, you know, you can be your own boss, you can do whatever you want to do. And if you love what you do, it's not work. And my mom loved what she did. And um, my dad did as well. And so that that kind of bled in to to all of us kids, I, I believe, and um, really just showed, you know, what what hard work and determination can do as and, you know, seeing the payoff of it, um, getting to, you know, live these fun lives that we got to do because of how hard they worked and, you know, all that sort of stuff that really did kind of transcend my mind and, you know, kind of shape um, the work ethic that I have today. Um, mm all stemmed from from our parents which were great examples and role models and especially in in, in the business and um you know work environment and world similar question i'm curious what they taught you about kindness growing up so my mom owned and ran retirement uh facilities and um the whole structure of the business is you know really helping and supporting elderly in their kind of last chapters of life and you mm -hmm. do that through love and support. And we would do it through performing for them all the time. My mom would have us do shows and skits at the retirement home. And that's truly my first memory of performing was doing these little dances and singing songs to all the senior citizens in these retirement facilities. Um, wow. But, you know, they're at, at, especially in that stage of your life, like, you know, your heart is so full and you've seen so much and you know so much. And there are people here that are just wanting to take care of you. And, um, you know, it, it was it was full of love. And, you know, through music is where I feel we express the love the most. And, um, you know, that that was that was one thing my mom always included was, you know, just we got to entertain these 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 folks, these retirees. And, you know, a lot of them suffered from mental illness and stuff. But, you know, when they sat down and we would perform for them or sing for them or play music for them that was when it's as if all of their issues and mental illnesses and anything that's going on in their life almost disappeared. And they were always right there with us every step of the way through music. And so it was really cool, especially as kids for us to see that. And of course, you know, when you're performing, you're performing from your heart and your soul. And um, so I, I think that encompasses love and, you know, it, we felt it from them and they felt it from us. And so it was, it was really beautiful. I miss those days. <laughs> Do you have or did you have any mentors and are there any standout lessons that come to mind? I feel like every time I watch a good movie, it, it's another mentor I'm picking up and putting in my pocket, um, you know, just from all the actors I respect and love so much. And um, <laughs> but but. You know, growing up, especially throughout my youth in Manhattan, um, there's an actor, choreographer, dancer. His name is Lane Knapper, and he was a very, very big influential part of my childhood in New York and took me under his wing and, you know, got me on some really big sets in L.A. for the first time and was my acting coach throughout my youth and uh, my dancing coach as well. Incredible choreographer. Um, so he was very impactful on my life. He's still in New York. He still works all the time. And he does amazing workshops for kids and teenagers and young adults all over Manhattan and the country. Um, so any of our, our, our younger listeners um, who are out there and looking for an experience and looking to learn more and, and kind of hone that craft and work with some of the industry's best, definitely look at Lane Knapper. He's amazing. 
Um, and then my other acting coach, Mark Lewis, who um, I worked with and still, you know, am very, very almost like family with, um, who I worked with every step of the way on all of my dramatic work and really intense um, acting pieces. For me, you know, studying and learning and continuing to to hone the craft has been my motto since day one. And I still work with acting coaches every day. If I've got scripts and stuff, I'm dissecting. And, you know, that's just how I can get out of my own head and really get perspective from from an outsider. Um, Josh Barron is my current acting coach. He's out of L.A. And he was with me every step of the way in 1883, which I know we're going to dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of my my recent films, um, he's a, he's a recent um, within the last two years a coach that I got on board with. But um, he was one of my co-stars on 1883's Coach for years. James Landry A. Bear, he played Wade on 1883. He's like, this guy's incredible. I know you love to you know put in the work and do your thing. He's like. He's here as a resource if you want him. I worked with him once. I was like, all right, forever. You're you're stuck with me. I love this. Um, but you know, it's just it's it's a continuous process of learning. And um, you know, the the minute I I think we settle and uh, get comfortable in this industry is the minute things stop working. And you know, the the minute somebody else starts passing you by because they're they're working and they're they're on that engine and it's not stopping. Um, so that's always been my motto, and I'll I'll continue to 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 work on the craft and work with coaches until, until I can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) How did you and Lane start your relationship there? So interesting. I was coming to New York for the, for uh, a a national uh, dance competition called um, New York city dance Alliance. And I was in, um, I was in the very finals as a tap dancer and I wanted somebody to critique and look at my solo. At this time, I was still living in New York. I was, I mean, still living in Florida. I had went to New York for this nationals competition. And I was like, wow, I need a teacher from Broadway Dance Center to look at this dance. To me, nothing was cooler than Broadway Dance Center. At the time, New York, I was I was a tourist, right? So New York to me was just this, this you know, incredible place that couldn't even dream of living in at the time. And he happened to be available. He was actually coming down the elevator, about to leave. And I'm like, sir, sir, please. All the teachers are busy right now. I've got this tap solo. I'm here for competition finals. I really want to put my best foot forward. No pun intended. Can you give me 10 minutes? Can I just show you my solo? And you can just, the first thing that comes out of your mouth, just tell me and I'll I'll take it and I'll literally hold on to it for the rest of my life. I was so desperate. And... um. He, I think, was just kind of taken by the fact that I, you know, stopped him coming off the elevator. He was like, yeah, let's do this. We went into a studio and ended up, I don't think we left the studio for two and a half hours. And that's what started our friendship and um, kind of him mentoring me and um, our, our working relationship. And we kept in touch and I did well in the finals. And um, we actually ended up flying him down to Florida to work with our studio back home because he was so amazing. And um, just kind of blossomed from there. And I was probably 11, 12, maybe 11 years old. Um, And, you know, that was 20 years ago now. And we still talk all the time and work together all the time. And it's been it's been really great. You never know who's going to be somebody that impacts your life greatly, uh, especially meeting industry folks. That's so true. And for an 11 year old to be so bold and to put yourself out there and to ask that question, I'm curious, how have you gotten better at asking questions? 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And sometimes, you know, that, that, that term fake it till you make it, it, it really comes in handy. Um, you know, you got to do what you have to do sometimes to get people on the phone or to get a meeting with you. And I've learned that a lot, um, and utilized it a lot through my producing, um, career as well, just to get, you know, the agent on the phone of the person you want in your movie, or, you know, even the actor, you just kind of, I'll rewind for a second. As an actor, you're always taught, say yes, right? Can you ride a horse? Of course I can ride a horse. You figure it out by the time you're on set. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you figure it out. You know how to speak with a Russian accent? Absolutely. Get the audition, call some dialect coach and learn it as quick as you can. That's just kind of been the motto, say yes. And so what I learned in the producing world is say whatever you have to say to get whoever you want on the phone with you. Or, you know, because a lot of the times you just you're you're hopping through these hoops, unnecessary hoops, because people don't have the time of day or, you know, they've, they've just got a lot on their plate. And if you could just say whatever it takes to get that phone call or that meeting and you know that you're going to deliver on the other side and, you know, you can back up, you know, what what you're promising, then I always just say, go for it. You have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it, it takes drastic measures to to you know, get the focus of somebody you want to get the focus of. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if it's all, you know, well intentioned and, and, you know, it's for the, the betterment of your project and you're just passionate about what you do. I've always been a believer about <laughs> just do what you have to do to get this thing done because, um, it's not easy. And, and sometimes, you know, um, sometimes you just got to flip on that. I call it the go mode and you don't stop until you get what you want. <laughs> That's so true. I I love the way you put it, the go mode. Um, Do you have a particular project or role that taught you the most about yourself? Wow. Um, That's a great question. And I feel it's probably changed throughout the years. Um, You know, as as a young uh, um, aspiring actor and a young adult, 13, the musical was, was that for me at that point in my life. And completely changed the way I looked at the industry. And I was, you know, now for the first time ever working on a job surrounded by people my own age, um, you know, it was the first and still only Broadway show in history that was literally all teenagers from the band to the cast. Every every piece of it was young adults. And so that was life changing for me and being surrounded by, you know, singers like Ariana Grande and you know, Elizabeth Gillies and and all these amazing talents from all over the country. Um, that was a, a a moment that really, that was the first moment in my career where I was like, wow, I'm doing something like this is, this is important. This is big. This is, you know, this is life-changing for me. And I learned so much from being around such talented kids. Um, I say kids now, but of course, at the time, <laughs> my peers. Um, and and that was, at that point in my life, just everything. And then that ended, and then I had a big reality check of like, wow, shows end quicker than you probably expected them to. And now you're just right back to the drawing board. You know, you come out the stage door every day, and you have the screaming fans, and everybody's going crazy. And you're like, nothing can bring me down. I'm on top of the world. Then the producer comes in and the show's closing the next week and you have nothing. And then you're right back to square one and you're back in the audition rooms. And so that was a huge moment for me in my career as a stepping stone. But then it was a huge moment for me 
coming to realization of you really only are as good as your last job. Like, mm. you, you know, we, we, we depend so much on these producers and these studios and these executives to give us our next opportunity. Mm. And we're always at, you know, <laughs> where I'm dependent on them for, for my work. It's, it's, I wish I could be like, okay, I'm going to put myself on this new CBS show because I love it and I'm right for it. And now I'm in, it just doesn't work like that. You know, they're the ones that make the decisions. And so that was a big reality check. And I was like, wow, okay. I thought I was on top of the world. I am literally, <laughs> this is just another, another gig that came to a close. And now I have to figure out how I'm going to utilize the platform that was just given and the opportunity I was just given to try to gain it, to try to use it, to gain other work and to find that next job. So that was a big, big learning ex experience, especially as a 17 year old. Cause you're like, yeah, holy cow. Like talk about just a whirlwind, you know, it's like the greatest thing in your life happens. And then the, the curtain comes falling to the ground. And then it took me a long time. I went straight to LA mm. expecting to just get thrown on a series and become the star. Cause that's what everybody was telling me was going to happen. And it just didn't work that way. I was, you know, at a, at a period of my life where I was, you know, no longer a kid, but not really quite an adult and didn't know who I was and went out there and just kind of got wrapped up in the scene of LA. And it just kind of like, as if I was, you know, surfing a wave and it just pulled me under and I just got all in the water and got, didn't know where I was. And mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly what my experience was in LA the first time coming out of coming off of Broadway. And so again, a reality check's like, okay, when in doubt, just go back to the work, go back to classes. I was back in acting classes. I was, you know, back on the grind and then stuff started happening for me again. So it's, you know, that, that it taught me a lot of lessons. Um, but then fast forward to year and a half, two years ago, shooting 1883, that transcended my life in another way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, getting the experience of spending, you know, six months on a set with, you know, some of the biggest legends in the industry that I've admired my whole career um, and in a genre of television I've never worked in before. Um, but again, for my audition, fake it till you make it. I was surrounded by horses growing up because both my parents rode and stuff, but I didn't ride a lot growing up. Huh. But in my audition, I was like, own a horse, been riding my whole life. No, <laughs> Nobody's better for this job than me. I am ready to go and got the job. And before I even knew I found out I got the job, I was just so passionate about the projects. I was a huge fan of Yellowstone going into it yeah. that I started training every day. I found a, a stable out here by my house and just was on a horse every single day. God forbid I got the call and they needed me to be on that horse in a couple of days, knowing what I was knowing, what knowing what I didn't know. I was like, that's not going to happen. And so luckily it did work out. And then they sent us to a cowboy camp training for a couple of weeks. Um, and um, so by the time all of it, you know, we were up and filming. I was probably almost as good as I said I was on my audition tape. <laughs> but he called me out. Taylor Sheridan, who wrote the show, he he knew because I actually rode in on a horse in my tape because um, I just I, I just felt like I had to show, you know, Taylor's all about authenticity. And I'd heard that. And I was like, I just got to show him I am this person, even though. I had a lady next to me timing. Nope. Hands lower. All right. Feet tighter. You know, nope. Back straight. You got to look like you know what you're doing. I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? But he ended up calling me out later throughout. And he was like, 
I know that wasn't your horse. I know you didn't know what you were doing, but the fact that you really went for it and and now look at you now I'm, you know, winning horse competitions, which is just so crazy. Um, he's like, I, I, that's what I respected. And that's, you know, that that's why you're here. Um, so that was really cool. But again, a big turning point in my career and personally, and that show, um, you know, structured uh, my life the last couple of years in a way I never thought possible for the better. And um, it's re it's really been a blessing. So like a new love of horses came out of that, like horse training. And now it's actually a part of your DNA. Yeah, it is. And it's so funny because as I briefly mentioned, both my parents, you know, are deep in into horses and um my dad actually trained thoroughbred polo horses and he was a professional polo player himself. And my mom showed and owned horses. And I just think because both of our parents were so into them, us kids just were into other stuff growing up. Mm -hmm. Like it was almost too much like, no, 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 we don't, you know, it's like when your parents are pushing something onto you, you kind of resist a little bit. Well, that was kind of our case, but then get the show, do all this training, go to cowboy camp, spend six months on a horse filming I, I just, I remember basically calling them both and being like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't into this growing up. This is the best thing in the world. I'm obsessed. I want all the horses in the world. If you can't get a hold of me, I will be riding. And uh, so that was really cool for them to, 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 to see me kind of experience that on my own and to kind of find my own love of the horse um, industry through my own lens. Um, so that was kind of a, a fun turning point in, in our relationship, I think. But, you know, especially now they have we have such a, a fun thing to bond on and we're always talking horses and it's great. Are there any standout moments that come to mind working with these actors on 1883 or any standout lessons? You know, every day my my co-star James uh, and I would look at each other and be like, there's no way tomorrow could be better than today. And then the next day we'd say the exact same thing. It was just every day was so special because we shot this entire show outside, 99% of it. So we're on the trails and everywhere we talk about in the series that we're, the story takes place is where we're actually filming it. So when we're down in the stockyards talking about the cattle drive, you know, from the 1800s, we're right there where it started and you know when we're on the you know the the rolling hills uh, you know we're filming on those rolling hills in the middle of texas hill country and up in the mountains in montana so you know just the the feeling you get from 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 being where you're actually telling this story uh in in the actual locations is just so rare alone you know, mm -hmm. normally we're on the back of some studio lot at Paramount pretending like we're in Manhattan or pretending like we're somewhere else. We mm -hmm. were actually there and outside and with nature the whole time. And as I said, my horse was my main scene partner. And so I'm having these these incredible relationships with these animals and, you know, all of that just made it so special and um, just such a rare, unique opportunity in this industry. And um, again, one of the things I love so much about what I do is I get to learn new stuff and have new experiences every job I take. And this, you know, horse world was was just one of those new experiences and 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 crafts I really got to hone in and learn and uh, master. And so it's just been so much fun. But in, in terms of the actors and you know working working with an actor like Sam Elliott, for instance, who has been doing this forever and is just such an icon, especially in the Western genre. And then you see him on set and 
he's the first one there and he's the last one to leave. And even when he's not in the scenes, he's sitting on an Apple box because he won't even sit in the cash chair. Like he's so casual. He's sitting on an Apple box watching everybody else. So he knows that his support is being given. You know, he really was the leader of our team and um, just the least, for lack of a better term, Hollywood guy um, I've ever met. Um, you know, he, he was just, he's so in love with what he does that it, it just, it bled through and all of us cast members learned so much just from being around him. Quick, great little story to kind of just tell you his personality. <clears throat> the first scene I'm shooting of the show, um, I'm at this diner and, and he's, his character is trying to convince my character to, to come on the trail with them and to lead them. And, you know, I'm the cowboy, I've done this before and they need my help. And I want nothing to do with it because I know what's on the other side. Uh, I know how dangerous it is. Well, in the scene, this extra, this girl is supposed to come over and pour us all water at the very beginning of the scene and walk off. Well, she was so nervous because Tim McGraw is in there and Sam Elliott. And, you know, it's just like extras. It's like probably almost, you know, six, seven hundred people in this small space. And she's just clearly never been on a set before. We're in Fort Worth, Texas. This poor girl. I mean, it's just so overwhelming and she's shaking and on the very first take she spills the water everywhere and she just can't keep it together and she's nervous and the whole thing and before the second take sam's like stop 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 everybody stop i'm like oh man this is my first experience with him by the way i'm like this could go a couple ways like he could be really frustrated right now like this is you know he's been he's been getting in the zone and now here we are we're covered in water the whole thing before the second take, he gets up, he finds the 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 girl who's the extra um, playing the, the waitress. He kind of pulls her aside, gives her this bare hug and just sits and talks to her as if nobody else was in the room for, I don't even, it felt like hours, but it was probably 15 minutes. He comes back, sit down. He's like, all right, we're all good. Let's try it again. She comes over and nails it every single time after that. I think he just gave her a speech of like, hey, we're literally all the same here. You want what I want here. Let's just have fun. You know, my name's Sam. Nice to meet you. You know, he just came at it from such a, um, you know, uh, approachable and, and kind hearted place that I think that's all she needed. And I think you noticed that. And, you know, that just kind of goes, you know, to say how long he's been doing this. He He knew exactly what she needed and he did it and did it with a kind heart and authentically. And I was like, wow. You know, I, I put that in my little um, storage bin in my head and I was like, that's that's something to remember. Every single person on this set is so important. And sometimes people just need a second and they need to know, you know, they they that it's OK. And we're all going to mess up and we're all going to you know, this is nerve wracking for all of us. It's like the first day of school. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel that way. Sam feels that way. She felt that way that day. And she just happened to do something that, you know could have been embarrassing or whatever. And then you get more in your head. And so I was like, all right, Sam's an incredible guy. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, good people. Let's ride. <laughs> You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.